Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. How do you receive full salvation according to Mormonism? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We've been looking at books that were given away as Christmas gifts between the years of 1981 to 2017. You might wonder, why 2017? Well, I think that's easy to explain. In 2018, Russell M. Nelson became the 17th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as you may know, he's made a lot of course corrections since becoming the new leader of the church. And I think he probably saw this as an expense that the church didn't really need to have because these books that were given as Christmas gifts went out to other general authorities in the church as well as some employees of the church. Now, we don't know how far down the food chain they went, but that had to have numbered in the thousands, don't you think, Eric? Oh, I think you're right. And they're not just a paperback. These are leather-bound. Everything is done quality on the on these different books that were sent out every year for 37 years. And Russell M. Nelson seems to be pragmatic when it comes to finances. He doesn't like spending money he doesn't have to. For instance, he decided in 2019 to shut down a number of pageants that the churches had, including the one that we used to go to in Manti, the Mormon Miracle Pageant. And so uh, I, I firmly believe that what you're saying is true, that when he got a hold of this the book stopped immediately. And so there was no book in 2018, the year that he took over. And the reason why we think these books are important to look at is because it's doubtful that a general authority in the church, or a member of the First Presidency, I should say, would want to give away a book that contained doctrine that they themselves did not believe. So for the First Presidency to offer these as a gift, we have to assume, and I think rightly so, that these leaders believed what was taught in those books. And if that is a fact, then you would think that they would want members of the church to believe these things as well. So this is why we're going through these books, showing what you can find in them. And I might mention again, a lot of these books, even though they were given as gifts in a special type of binding, many of them were replicas of books that had been on sale to the general public written by these same authors. For instance, the first one we're going to look at today is a book written by Wilford Woodruff, the fourth president of the church. It's titled The Discourses of Wilford Woodruff. Even though the, the book you may have is not bound the same, the content is still the same. Now, there may be some differences when it comes to the Articles of Faith, because that book did go through several printing editions, and so the pages might not be exactly the same. But for the most part, these books that we are citing, many of them you can buy from Deseret Book, Amazon.com, or maybe even on eBay. Getting back to that first book that I mentioned, The Discourses of Wilford Woodruff, we're discussing the subject of obedience. We're continuing that thought in today's show. What did Wilford Woodruff have to say about how Men Are Saved, according to page 23 of this book that was given as a gift in 1997. And it's cited from Journal of Discourses, volume 23, page 130, that he said on May 14, 1882, all men are saved by and through the blood of Jesus Christ, 
through obedience to the gospel. So a Mormon is not to believe that they are justified by their faith. They are going to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, but it only becomes efficacious if they are obedient to the gospel. And as we've been bringing out in these past shows, it's not just partial obedience. It's supposed to be complete obedience, not to just some of the commandments, but to all of the commandments. In fact, there's a phrase in Mormonism that they use, and the phrase is full salvation. What did Woodruff say about that? How to obtain full salvation. If I ever obtain a full salvation, it will be by my keeping the laws of God. And that's from the Journal of Discourses, volume 19, page 362, that he said in June 30th, 1878. Now, a Latter-day Saint listening to that statement would know exactly what full salvation means. In the context of Mormonism, full salvation is synonymous to exaltation or achieving entrance into the celestial kingdom of God, celestial exaltation, if you will. The only way an individual can find his way or her way into the celestial kingdom of God, according to Mormonism, is if they are keeping all of the laws of God, as Wilford Woodruff states in this book. But there's many more things that Mormons must do, and other Mormon leaders have been very consistent in what those things are. We're going to switch gears now and go away from Wilford Woodruff's book, The Discourses of Wilford Woodruff, and we're going to turn our attentions now to another book that was given away as a Christmas gift titled The Teachings of George Albert Smith, George Albert Smith being the eighth president of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he says this on page 90 of that book, The reception of the Holy Ghost is dependent upon obedience. It is not those who say, Lord, Lord, who enjoy the companionship of his spirit, but those who do his will. If we are not more perfect in our lives, if we are not more righteous than those who are not of our faith, we will be behind them in receiving the blessings of our Heavenly Father. But if we obey the commandments, if we keep ourselves clean, pure, and unspotted from the sins of the world, his power will rest upon us, and the virtues of the third and fourth generation of the church will be builded upon by following generations, and the purity of their lives will establish a race that will people the earth. Now, I should mention at this point that we, as evangelical Christians, are not at all against any individual wanting to live good, wholesome, pure lives. The problem we have, however, is when someone assumes that only by living these pure, wholesome lives that they are going to be qualified not only for this full salvation that we've been talking about today, but also in this context, that they would receive the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, and that is dependent upon this obedience. This is why a lot of Latter-day Saints are threatened with the departure of the Holy Ghost in their life if they are not doing everything they are supposed to do. But think about it, folks. We are all fallen people. We all have our good days. We have our bad days. Does the Holy Ghost really jump in and out of our lives at such a rate when we maybe have a bad thought? He disappears from us or we do something good. He also all of a sudden comes back. Well, if you're doing the good thing in order to get something from God, would that really be a good thing? You see, this 
becomes really problematic if you're going to think that your goodness has something to do with you being justified or forgiven, or in the context of Mormonism, being qualified for celestial exaltation. Bill, when he says, it is not those who say, Lord, Lord, who enjoy the companionship of his spirit, but those who do his will, I find it interesting because in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said there will be many who are going to say, Lord, Lord, and basically saying, look at all the good things I did, and Jesus says, I never knew you. And yet, in Mormonism, it's based on the things that you do, not based upon the grace. Grace certainly plays a role, but at the same time, it is not what gives you salvation by faith alone, is what Christianity teaches. The next quote we're going to look at starts off in a way where, I have to be quite honest, Eric, uh, when I read this, I thought, you've got to be kidding. That is certainly not a truism, but it's also taken from this book that was given as a gift in 2000, The Teachings of George Albert Smith, page 97. He says, the church does not compel obedience. I am grateful that I belong to a church that does not compel obedience. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints does not coerce. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of love, intelligence, a wonderful guide for our lives. That is what it is for. It is for everybody. Yet we find people who resist the very thing that would make them happy. They will not live the gospel, but seek happiness only in the pleasures of life that will not endure. Let me ask you something, Eric. Let me just take that opening line that you read, the church does not compel obedience. Could I not say along the same lines that, well, the IRS doesn't compel you to pay your taxes? I could honestly say that the IRS does not compel you to pay your taxes. You don't have to. But if you don't, you can expect that there's going to be repercussions. Yes. And wouldn't there be also repercussions for the Latter-day Saint? If they are not obedient, well, of course there are repercussions. We've been reading them this very day. If they don't do what they are told, if they do not live up to that standard, as we just read you, one of the things that you will find yourself not having would be the reception of the Holy Ghost. If you don't live the commandments, if you don't obey what you're supposed to obey, the Holy Ghost leaves you as a Latter-day Saint. So you could say, well, the church doesn't compel obedience, but technically, if you don't obey, you certainly don't get the benefits that the church is offering its membership. Another quote on page 97, where he starts off by saying, obedience in this life is a foundation for eternal happiness. He says, we must keep the commandments of our Heavenly Father. We are told in other scripture that those who do not keep the commandments of God will forfeit their right to the blessings of the celestial kingdom. And of course, the celestial kingdom is the very best that a Latter-day Saint hopes to get, that families can be together forever, and and you become as God is. And so uh, you have to keep the commandments. It's over and over. That's the foundation, obedience. And one other quote that we need to give, this is found on page 98 of that same book by George Albert Smith. I find this one fascinating. Obedience protects us from evil. No matter whether the clouds may gather, no matter how the war drums may beat, no matter what conditions may arise in the world, here in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, wherever we are honoring and keeping the commandments of God, there will be protection from the powers of evil, and men and women will be permitted to live upon the earth until their lives are finished in honor and glory if they will keep the commandments 
of our Heavenly Father. Now, Bill, that sounds almost like a prosperity teacher saying, if you do this, then you are promised prosperity and long life. But that's not the case in according to the Bible. It reminds me, too, of what I've heard from those who have left the Mormon church. Perhaps they've left the church and let's say they went through some financial difficulties. It's not unusual for Latter-day Saints that they left behind to say, see, that evil came upon them because of their disobedience and they left the church. Certainly that's a, a logical fallacy to assume that what happened later was the result of something that was done before. But still, this is something that we've heard, and this is something that I'm sure a lot of Latter-day Saints who have left the church have probably heard if they've gone through difficult times afterwards. When it says that, that men and women will be permitted to live upon the earth until their lives are finished in honor and glory if they will keep the commandments of our Heavenly Father— what does that really say to those who maybe are faithful in the Mormon church but die at a young age? I guess the excuse would be, well, it must mean that that was the end of their life. That's what God had already planned to begin with. That's an easy way to explain that, I suppose. But it does give you the impression by the way he's worded this, that if you're doing everything you're supposed to do, you're probably going to have a long life, wouldn't you assume? Yeah, I but, think so. In real life, we know that that isn't the way it always is. These are just some of the quotes that you will find in that book, The Teachings of George Albert Smith, which was given as a Christmas gift to employees of the church as well as other general authorities by the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the year 2000. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.